so glad to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is our bargain site. We also have our Clark Deals newsletter that we're going to keep you up to date on the deals throughout the Christmas shopping season. Coming up in just a few minutes, today's Clark Rageous moment. I've talked about how employers, when you submit an application, a lot of times it's never seen by humans, only by a computer program that scans them. Wait till you hear the latest bad idea spreading through corporate America with your job applications. And coming up later, one field has been mostly resistant to the changes taking place in America because of the internet, the real estate agency field. I want to tell you about changes that are starting to appear and how you make a decision for yourself when you're hiring a real estate agent, if you choose to. So we are in the midst of open enrollment at many employers. We are about to start the time for people who buy health insurance on the federal exchange to buy health insurance through it. I wanted to talk about a couple of things that are really important for you first as an employee. Employers are facing ridiculous cost pressures for providing health coverage to their employees. And you are affected, depending on your employer, both indirectly and directly, with the price pressures, the cost pressures your employer is facing. And so employers are trying any of a number of strategies to reduce costs, including a number of employers and something that was very very seldom seen but now is steadily more common that when you need a major surgery or treatment that you may be either required or heavily encouraged under your employer plan to seek that care out of state and in rare cases outside the United States. So this is a trend in healthcare, and it's a result of what's happened in most American cities where a small number of hospital systems have developed a hammer lock on healthcare in a market and also may not have the best expertise for a particular operation or surgery or treatment or care you need. And so employers are going out and shopping and in many cases waiving your normal deductibles you'd pay if you go out of market for that care. And you may see that if you actually go through your open enrollment kit, that that may be explained as part of how the health care you're offered will work at your employer the following year. You also need to look closely at the deductibles you're offered and Depending on your own situation, you may be better off with a lower um, ongoing premium as an employee with higher out-of-pocket versus, as so many people do, they pick the plan with the lowest deductibles but higher premiums. You really have to think 
about whether or not one scenario that looks cheaper on paper for you actually is ultimately more expensive over time. For individuals, buying your own coverage on the, in most states it's healthcare.gov, where when enrollment starts for next year's plans, in many jurisdictions you're going to see more health plans offered and insurers coming back to the exchanges who had maybe left in recent years in a lot of metro areas Rural areas still are really hurting when it comes to availability for individual plans. But this year, you need to know there's a lot more snakes in the grass, a lot more people selling plans that if you Google buying health coverage, it may take you to a website that's one of the fake ones. The real one is healthcare.gov. Those are the compliant plans. That's where you go for them. Compliant means no pre-existing conditions, no limits on coverage for a major illness or injury or whatever for the care you need. And there are a lot of phony balonies out there selling snake oil health plans that are not real health insurance that are taking advantage through a Google search or wherever you might search that you end up on a fake website, not the real one. And please be very aware of that as you're searching. If you're buying an individual plan and you don't qualify income-wise for the subsidies that are available for coverage, you will be blown away, even with, in many places, reductions in premiums this year from last year, how expensive it is for an individual or a family buying coverage when you don't qualify for any of the subsidies for those plans. Karen is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Karen. How you doing? I'm fine, thanks. How are you, Clark? Great, thank you. Good. So, so Karen, you are one of many people who have contacted us in just the last few days. I think we heard from nine different people in just three days about a particular mailer or email that you've received. And tell me what you have received. My 25-year-old daughter got a card in the mail. It looks like a greeting card. It's addressed to her. looks like it's handwritten. No return address. You open it up, and the cover says, holy guacamole, you're going to have a baby. And it shows a picture of an avocado with a heart in its belly. And inside it says, also handwritten in a marker, congratulations, I'm so excited for you. I hope you like these. And it has a little heart, and it's signed a person's name. Also, there were four gift cards totaling $245 worth of stuff, and then um, six gift coupons. Well, she's not pregnant. She's in med school, and we can't figure out, first of all, why she was targeted and what the scam actually is. Well, we also have Howard on the line, who's another person who has called about the Jenny B. mailing. And Howard, what's your situation? Well, we got the identical package. Um, However, neither my wife nor I, both over 60, are pregnant. Well, Um, but you'd be a news story if either of you were pregnant right now. Yeah. (laughs) 
the interesting thing was that uh, it was confusing the way, you know, the reason I called was because of the um, credit card receipt that was in there, making it look like it was a gift from somebody. So, all right, so Karen and Howard and all the other people who have reached out to us in just the last 72 hours, this is a solicitation from an organization that has an F rating with the Better Business Bureau, and the gift cards you received are to buy from their particular online store, and this is a case where... They did very sloppy mailing list buying. And so people all over the country who are not expecting have received these mailers trying to get them to start buying from this organization. And so it is not at all unusual that this holy guacamole, you're going to avo, avo a baby? Avo, you're going to Avo, baby. A-V-O, baby. Yeah. (laughs) This is something that people all over have, and it's a campaign from a group called Mother's Lounge, the people who have the F rating with the Better Business Bureau. And so it imagine situations where people have gotten these at a house that is one person who reached out to us has a teenage daughter Who's, who got this mailing saying, congratulations, you're having a baby. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. What if you were going through infertility? Oh it boy. would be heartbreaking. Sure, sure. So this is, this is really a mess. So this would be something that even if they had a targeted mailing list that was accurate, mm-hmm. I would tell uh, expecting moms to ignore this. Okay. So it is, I, this is not something I can call in the category of a scam, which is an illegal activity. But let's call it a scheme where you get these cards that can only be used in their e-commerce orbit. Okay. So neither of you have any need for this because nobody's having a baby. So in your case, throw them away. But anybody who actually is somebody who they properly targeted is somebody expecting a baby should throw them away. Okay, great. Thank you very much. So I I hope that helps both you and Howard and all the others who've called us about this. And I hope that this is something that people will spread the word about, that you should just ignore these mailings in their entirety and think how much money they're spending to send out mailings to people who aren't having a kid. Marvin's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Marvin. Hey, Clark, how are you? Great, thank you, Marvin. So you have something that you're really unsure about doing. So hit me with the question. I would like to fire my credit card company because they did not support me on a charge. And I've looked into another card. I've gone through the process. And now they want my Social Security number. Having no confidence in them being able to prevent a security breach, is there any way that I can get a new card um, providing maybe any other credit worthiness? For instance, in my credit union, um, I see that my credit score is in the low 800s. 
Um, so let's advice? talk about that. Why not get a Visa or MasterCard from your credit union? Um, the benefits from the card that I want um, are superior to the credit union card. Okay. So, and I want to understand something. Do you only have one credit card that you now want to fire? That I have. That's correct. I have two cards, and I want to fire one of them. Okay, because I want you to have, if you've ever heard me say, at a minimum, I want you to follow the Noah's Ark rule and have two major credit cards. But let's talk about this in a way that, that I put it in a box for myself, okay? There is a certainty that you that it is a legitimate purpose and it's a requirement in order to apply for credit that they're going to pull credit reports on you and they have to have your social security number. There's a possibility that at some point your social security number could end up in a hack. The reality is Odds are your social security number's already been exposed in a hack you don't even know about. So I would feel comfortable giving that social security number for that application for that credit card because that's how you're going to get the new card, but there's no absolute certainty that your card no, that your social security number will leak from having done this application. In fact, there's a greater likelihood it won't leak. Got it. Um, I just thought that the more I give it out, the greater the likelihood that it could be taken up by criminals. That is um, true. That saying- is true. I mean, that's a risk of modern life. But when you do want to apply for more credit, it's just part of the thing. Do you have your credit normally frozen? No. So that's really where I'd like you to think. You're aware of credit freeze or is that not a familiar term to you? That is not a familiar term. All right, so let me explain. You have the right under law now for free to put your credit files into the deep freeze with Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. Easy to do, free to do, and I've got the procedure for doing so on my credit freeze guide at Clark.com. Go ahead and do this application for credit, and then the best way to protect yourself from any breach is to have your credit frozen until you need to apply for something, then you temporarily thaw it, and then you have peace of mind as best you can today. Look at the calendar. It is not April Fool's, but what you're about to hear from me in today's Clark Radius moment is going to sound like an April Fool's joke. So you could have knocked me over with a feather when I read a story in the Washington Post about how employers are using an artificial intelligence algorithm that scans your face when you're doing a video interview. And it's a technology developed by a firm called HireVue. And they claim their system dissects the tiniest details of your response, your facial expressions, eye contact, perceived enthusiasm... And then that helps employers eliminate even considering somebody for a job. You're not told as an applicant what your score was on the higher view algorithm, what things that you need to improve or anything like that. 
colleges and universities and their employment assistance office or job placement office, whatever they call it, career counseling centers, are now coaching graduates how to deal with higher view. The reality is almost all jobs are found through some informal means with an employer going through all the AI that companies are using where they're scanning resumes without a human ever looking at them, using a face scanning technology and all that is garbage. Remember, who you know is core and key to getting an opportunity to get your foot in the door with most companies. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is our bargain site. We also have our Clark Deals newsletter that comes out each and every day to tell you the hottest deals going on around the clock. So I have long been an investor in real estate as well as being a homeowner. And one of the things about the industry is that the access to information for a buyer or seller is by far the best it's ever been. It's extraordinary how different the real estate industry is because of the internet and all the companies that are out there like Zillow and Trulia and others that make information available. I think about you can be driving through a neighborhood and see a home for sale and instantly know what the story is on that home, what the price is, how many bathrooms there are, see pictures of it, be able to comparison shop what other homes on the street have sold for and all that. I mean, it's, it's unreal how much information is now at your fingertips. I used to talk years ago pre the ability to be able to shop on the internet, that somebody who really wanted to make a good decision on buying a home should follow the 100 home rule, which is where you would look at not literally 100 homes, but that you would check out 100 homes and see at least 20 of those homes before you made your first offer on a home. Agents used to get so mad at me. I had them running around all the time showing people things. Today, you can virtually get a sense of real estate on any street in any neighborhood almost immediately. It has made it much easier for real estate to be what's known as transparent. In other words, that the prices that would be reasonable for a particular home on a particular street in a particular neighborhood that your ability to know what fair price would be is far better than it ever was. But something that has not generally changed around the country is how the transactions are done. And having a real estate agent as a buyer represent you, as a seller represent you, at a fixed commission that is in most of the country around 6%, is the way commissions have generally remained over the years. And there's a lot of pushback now from people looking at alternatives. And there are people in real estate 
who are now offering alternatives where you can hire as a seller, you can hire an a la carte agency where you pay for individual things they do for you or pay hourly fees for the work of a professional. Uh, There are many, many business models coming alive. The one part of it that has never really changed is something you'll hear me say that like if you're doing a complete FISBO for sale by owner is that you want to commission protect agents that if an agent brings you a buyer and historically in the industry that means you're going to pay two to three percent to that individual who brings you a buyer. Now it is controversial that it still works that way when so many other industries because of the internet have completely changed how buying and selling is done. But I have been old school on this. In spite of using all the tools, I still believe that for most people, having an experienced real estate agent as a buyer or seller that you're paying a commission to is still the right way. The reason is, is that most real estate transactions fall apart because of emotional issues because buying a home is so emotional selling a home is so personal and emotional that an experienced agent can be key to getting a deal done that might fall apart otherwise over details that seem so important at the moment but over time really don't matter that much so that's why i believe that the real estate buying and selling process has changed so much less than other industries but the available information to you has changed in ways that are fantastic for particularly buyers and also for sellers jeffrey's with us on the clark howard show hello jeffrey so hello there i've been listening to you for years and it's a pleasure to finally be able to talk to you in person Well, I'm glad that I've been able to entertain you, hopefully, and at least inform you, although I don't think of myself as very entertaining. Well, your show even makes it up to Alaska, I just let you know. Well, I I know I've had the privilege of being on the air in Alaska for, I feel like it's been more than 20 years. It's been quite a while, anyway, because I've been listening to you for probably a good 10 years. Well, I'm so glad, and and I are there things that you hear me talk about that living in Alaska, it's like some of our Canadian listeners, it's like, well, I like the other stuff you say, but this just isn't relevant to me at all living in Alaska. Uh, There's a few things like that. Airfares, for example, Alaska is more expensive to fly in and out of, because if you want to fly any place besides there, you usually have to buy two tickets, one to get to the rest of the lower 48 and then a second ticket to get to your destination but uh, your timing and stuff as far as prices for tickets helps out a lot well I'm glad for that and how can I serve you today well I was talking to some people the other day and I've noticed on uh, television ads that can instantly raise your credit score uh, Experian boost was the specific one that I was talking about and people were asking and I was just curious uh, my credit of course Credit score is fine, but I know a couple people who could use a boost on theirs, and we're just curious how it worked or what they did and uh, if it was worth it. 
So what Experian Boost does, and this has been something that everybody in credit is doing various experiments with, but it considers things outside of traditional credit and builds them as part of what makes up a credit score. Because, you know, how you pay your power bill or how you pay your cell phone bill or just routine bills that you have month after month, that is not factored into what makes up a credit score. So the idea of Boost, as well as other alternatives, is that the way you pay different regular bills is looked at as a predictor of how you'd handle credit. And so when you do the the alternative thing, when you do Experian Boost, you pay nothing for it, as I recall, but it can boost your score. For someone who's got a more modest credit score, you can see the score go up maybe 10%. As okay, long as you've been a good cost. payer of various non-credit kind of bills. Does that score also go up for trans, uh, TransUnion and Equifax, or is it just an uh, experience thing? Well, okay, so that is a fantastic question you asked. So you have a credit score, you have multiple credit scores, and you've got scores that are based on your Equifax report, scores that are based on your TransUnion, scores that are based on your Experian. So as, as I understand this, this will only boost a credit score based on an Experian credit report. So if somebody, let's say a bank is using Experian credit files as what they base the score on, then it would show up. If they're using an Equifax, it won't show up. So, okay. does that make well, sense? That's good to know, I guess. Yeah, so this is part of a movement that is clearly part of the future, is uh, you take uh, people in their 20s and 30s who historically have tended to use credit less than older generations, and so everybody in lending needs new ways to evaluate somebody's risk level. And that's why there are so many different things going on, like pedal card, which I've talked about, which doesn't use traditional credit scoring at all to determine who's credit worthy in their opinion to carry their Visa card. So this idea of how you pay rent or how you pay uh, anything that's not traditional credit is absolutely going to be a big part of determining your credit risk profile in the future. Zach is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Zach. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Zach. You're going to go to Europe next summer. Yeah, that's the plan. My wife and I are taking our three teenage daughters uh, mid-June, and we're going to spend a couple weeks backpacking, taking trains, hostels, all that good stuff. Wow. And are you up to being in a hostel? What do you think, Zach? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. We actually, two years ago, we backpacked uh, Norway for a couple weeks and we actually stayed in one hostel and they absolutely loved it. And they said, gosh, why didn't we do this the whole time? And I'm like, oh my gosh, the amount of money I could have saved had we just done that the whole time. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's the plan. But there's going to be five of you, right? Yes, five of us. So for five people, 
you might find that for the same money, you can do Airbnbs. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And then you have privacy. You'd have your own, typically you'd have your own little kitchen, have a living room, maybe a, a bedroom or two. And I think that might be an alternative to the hostel. Although you said teenage kids? Yeah, next summer there'll be uh, 17, 15, and 13. Huh. So, you know, they may like being around uh, kids similar ages to them that they would have in a hostel, which they would not have in an Airbnb. But I think you'd probably be happier in the Airbnb. And with your 13 13 and 15-year-old, they're probably better off being in the Airbnb than they are in a hostel. Yeah, they love the energy of the or of the hostel last or two summers ago. Yeah, they want to do it. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe that's not what I would want to do. But that it's completely right, your yeah. choice. So you can do a combination of the two. Yeah, exactly. So anything else with the trip I could help with? Yeah, yeah. So the, the actual reason for the call is um, we're trying to figure out the best way to do it from an airfare standpoint. So we, we, we don't want to deal with discount airlines. We prefer to stay with the majors. And, you know, all we really know is we want to be over there, call it mid-June, come back at the end of June, early July, you know, flying out of Cleveland or, you know, anywhere around here. And we don't care where we fly into or where we fly out of because we'll just put the trip around, you know, wherever those two locations are. All right, so, so widen your search. Yeah. So, uh, from Cleveland Hopkins, you are how far from Pittsburgh Airport? Uh, it, it's drivable. Yeah, know, and then drive. also yeah. Detroit is somewhat yep. reasonable, right? Yeah, it is, right. And Columbus, so we'll Columbus is as well. Yes, exactly. So when you're looking for fares, look from all four... And come up with a list of cities in Europe that would be acceptable to you and set up alerts, as many as you possibly can, on google.com slash flights. Okay. The other thing I would do, I would buy a one-year subscription to scottscheapflights.com. Okay. Scott's is an alert service that tells you when hot deals happen they publish them, and there now you see them, now you don't. You see a deal that's cheap enough for you out of one of the four departure points, just grab it and buy those tickets. Okay. But fares for June, you're really not going to see a lot of deals for June for a while. We're seeing a lot of deals that go into May. Very unusual okay. this early to see good deals for June. Okay. One, one other thing I'd suggest... Any chance you can go before June 15th instead of the second half of June? No, it's that whole kids and sports and all their activities. It, it really kind of needs to happen. Those, oh, man, yeah, those activities. Can, a few days, but yeah, I know. Well, you yeah, know. you don't want those activities to interfere with a better fare because a lot of the fares to Europe have a step up about June 15th or 16th. But if you can't deal with that, then just keep watching the deals on Scott's and what Google posts on google.com slash flights. Hopefully you'll find a great bargain. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. 
Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. William is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And William, I understand that in computing, you're living in dinosaur times on Windows 7. Is that right? (laughs) Yes, I'm comfortable with 7, but I've got Windows 10 home on my laptop. And I keep getting messages that I need to update to the uh, Windows 10 Pro by the end of the year. And my question is, is that a legitimate uh, requirement? Yeah, they're Uh, not going to support um, Windows 7 starting in January. So how about Windows 10 Home? You know, I didn't, I haven't seen anything that Windows 10 Home is not going to be supported anymore. How much do they want from you to upgrade? I have not uh, asked for it yet because I wanted to check with you. Um, um, I know I was going to have to do it for Windows 7, but I was willing to go to Windows 7 Home, I mean Windows 10 Home, if uh, that were permissible because that would be more affordable. All right, so I got a hard question for you. How old right. is that computer that's still running Windows 7? Uh, probably about three, four. I had it assembled like, maybe it may be five years old. I'm betting it's at least five. All right, because the cost of upgrading is actually more than it costs right now, potentially, for you to buy a brand new laptop that would be much further advanced than what you're sitting with from five or so years ago. I mean, I've seen deals just recently on very nice laptops for $149. Yeah. My laptop has Windows 10 Home on it, but my desktop has the Windows 7. And um, Now, what you can do, you have a monitor there, right? Yes. If you buy a new laptop for $150... And Black Friday, they'll be even cheaper. You could just hook a new laptop up to that monitor. To that monitor, okay. And that, to me, would be the smarter thing because you get all new components inside. Instead of paying Microsoft for an upgrade, because we're long since when they were doing upgrades for free, as far as I'm aware, that's how I would make the change. This is the Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.